Take your Bibles, if you would, and let's go to Acts chapter 1. We're going to kind of journey a couple of passages. And uh, as I look at my notes tonight, I have basically 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, almost 8 complete sermons I could preach tonight. Uh, Not going to try to do that to you, all right? And... um, do want to encourage you. Now, one of the things that we, uh, a decision that I made as the pastor was we had our 20th anniversary this year. And so we wanted to spend a little bit of time and effort just rejoicing in what the Lord has done here. But over the last several weeks, we've been talking about missions on Thursday night. Um. Two things before I forget. Uh, Tuesday, November 19th will be our Thanksgiving service. That should have been in the workers thing that went out, but that is traditionally what we've done on Thanksgiving week is we've taken our Thursday service off of the holiday itself and put it on Tuesday night so that um, if you're traveling or, or going to see someone, uh, which may be a little more difficult this year than it's been in the past, but once you get out of New York City, it's uh, the gas problem really isn't a problem. And so um, uh, we will do that. And the other thing is, um, Brother Zach, is the recorder running? Okay, can you stop it for a minute? Uh, this cannot be. If you want a title for tonight's message, and Brother Zach, you can start recording again. Um, if you want a title, it's just simply this, Why I Give to Missions. And uh, not a complicated thing. We're going to review a lot of passages tonight. But uh, I just wanted to summarize some things that are on my heart to, to those that are able to make it here on Thursday night. And the number one reason why I give to missions Because my missions giving is a reflection of the Holy Spirit's work in my heart. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me. Now that means you ought to show up for visitation and track passing. That means you ought to be asking God to give you opportunities to give the gospel to people that have not heard. You know, there's a lot of people out there that will not listen. You know what our responsibility is to them? To give them an opportunity not to listen. So when someone rejects, don't be discouraged. What you've done is you've removed their blood from your responsibility. Amen? In fact, a couple, two Saturdays ago, or was it last Saturday? It was last Saturday. I got into a discussion with some lawyer guy. He said, no offense, Miss Frida. He said, my problem is I'm Greek. (laughs) And he said, my second problem is I'm a lawyer. And I said, that's a bad combination, isn't it? But... He he simply was arguing about things in the Bible and 
Really, what he was redoing was just repeating a lot of garbage that has been passed down through the ages, totally refuted by everybody. The only people who believe in this stuff are people who just refuse to believe in the Bible. He said, people keep showing up and trying to tell me about Jesus. He said, I don't understand it. I said, I, I do. I said, it's God giving you an opportunity to hear. And the simple truth of the matter is, that is where our responsibility ends, my friend. You can't win somebody to God. But you can give them the message. Amen? Now, if you take a sign and put it on the roof of your car that says the Pope's a dope and Mormons are morons and all those kinds of things and go driving around town and say, nobody's listening to me, but at least I'm taking away their excuse. Uh, that's not your only problem, my friend. You have many. Uh, and don't even bother signing up for counseling. Just go somewhere else. Amen? Uh, there's no hope for somebody who is running that thing. I, I met, met a guy, he told me, my ministry is scaring Catholics. I said, I thought we were supposed to win them. I thought we were supposed to give them the gospel. But this is what the truth is. If you're going to be a witness unto Jesus Christ, it's going to be because the Holy Spirit is working in your heart. Now, guess what? You can witness locally, but you can't witness locally and across the ocean at the same time in person. God has limited us in that way. You can only be in one place at one time. Isn't that good? Somebody said, I just wish I could clone myself. I don't think so. Because your clone would figure out some way to dump all the bad jobs on you and take all the good jobs from themselves. Now, wouldn't it work out that way? You said, no, I'd be in control. Uh, just think of any other situation. You always lose, right? So let's not worry about this clone thing. God's come up with a very simple way. Give to missions. Enable others to go. In fact, Jesus said... Uh, John actually said, as he is, so are ye in this world. Now, what did Jesus do while he was here? He sent other people with the message of him to the world in which he lived. Amen. He sent out the 12. Then he sent out 70 more. Then he gave them the great commission to go everywhere and teach all nations. Let me tell you something. You cannot be faithful and responsive to the working of the Holy Spirit in your life if you don't give to missions. It's one of the reasons why I give, is I must be obedient to the working of the Holy Spirit in my life. Now, could I just say something? It's wonderful when we get special checks for great amounts. In fact, I'll share a blessing with you. In the last month, an individual that none of you in this church would know has decided to send us over $15,000. Now, I don't know why. 
but uh, we can rejoice in that blessing, could we not? Uh, we will have no issues in finishing the renovations, that's for sure. And uh, we may even be able to look into uh, replacing our church van before it loses its value. Right now it's worth about $10,000, $12,000. If we put another 3,000 miles on it, it's going to be worth $5,000. And so we may, we're right there again at that tipping point where the value of the vehicle is going to just topple because of mileage. And uh, we may, may need to think about that. And just so that we can uh, recoup as much as we can. We've had the van for five years. We bought it for 21000 and we can still probably get rid of it for about ten. But if we wait six months, <laughs> it will only be worth about half of that because of the mileage. Once you go over 120, the value goes down. Right now we're about 111. So just some things to think about. God blesses when you give. Amen? Now, I'm getting ahead of myself. But if the Holy Spirit's going to work in your life, you need to give to missions. But the best way to give is on a regular, consistent basis. When you get a paycheck, if you get paid once a month, you can give once a month. If you get paid every other week or twice a month, give, give when you get paid. It's easier that way. And guess what? When you get into a consistent habit of giving, you will give much more than if you sit down and say, well, you know, this is my goal, this is my target, and so I'm going to... Because how many of you are like me? You forget to do things? Am I the only one that does that? Uh, I mean, it is human nature to forget things. I mean, Miss Ann has told me I can have junior-senior moments. Uh, but I'll tell you what, you don't need to be a senior to be forgetful, do you? All you need to do is be busy and you'll be forgetful. And the simple truth of the matter is, if you start planning a little bit, asking God what you want to give, what he wants you to give, and give when you get paid. You say, well, I don't get paid. Well, then I don't know what to tell you. Ask God to give you a job so you do get paid. Amen? And when you do that on a regular, consistent basis, guess what you're going to be doing? None of us. I don't know of any of us in here that has so much money that we just don't know what to do with it all. In fact, if you got paid double what you get paid now, if all of a sudden you start getting two paychecks every week, how many of you could spend every penny of that second paycheck without even thinking about it? Almost every one of us. It wouldn't hurt, it wouldn't hurt a bit if somebody doubled your salary, now would it? Not going to happen. But if we're going to give, we got to do so on purpose. The Holy Spirit is doing the work. The Bible says so. And what we must do 
is we must ask the Holy Spirit to direct us and make our giving as simple and as consistent as possible. You know, when you get into a habit, you don't even think about it. You just do it. But when you don't have the money to pay all your bills because you already sent it to the missionaries, what are you going to have to do? You're going to have to start praying now, aren't you? Is that a bad thing? I mean, that's why we call it faith, promise, missionary giving. Is because it needs to be by faith. Now, what's faith? The evidence of things hoped for. <laughs> right? I think I quoted that verse, right? I always, for some reason, Hebrews 11.1, 1, it just will not lodge in my memory correctly. It's not the only thing, unfortunately, but it's one of the long list there. Let me just read this verse, and then we'll move on as quickly as we can. I don't want to keep you late tonight. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, I knew I was wrong, and the evidence of things not seen. Ask God what he wants you to do for missions. Now, your tithe, very simply, I don't do a lot of preaching on giving. Your tithe belongs here. That's what keeps things moving. That's what enables, by the way, most of you know that our missions giving accounts for about 65 to 70% of our total missions budget. We have money that comes in from never the same music, several thousand dollars a year. But you know where some of our missions money comes from? We just cut down on a few projects so we can take care of a few more missionaries on occasion. Because it's important. If the Holy Spirit is working in our church, our church has to give to missions. Somebody said, I believe a church ought to tithe on their money and give that money to missions. I want to challenge you, we need to do better than that. And we do. We do a lot better than that. We do almost nearly one-third of our total income goes out of this church to missionaries and missionary projects. There are some charities that don't do that well. By the way, all of the work that we do here is part of our charitable cause. Because if we didn't maintain the building and, and services and expenses and all of these things, we wouldn't have that money to send out. I'll tell you what, we run a pretty efficient ship here. You want to keep it that way. So let's be faithful in our giving. And remember... How many of you could use a little more Holy Spirit in your life? Well, get your checkbooks out, amen? See how simple that is? Because where your treasure is, you, you know why I talk so much about missions? It's because that's where my treasure is. If I had the, I'm not going to say that. If I had the money I gave to missions, I could do a lot of things. But I wouldn't be near as blessed. I want the Holy Spirit to work. I've got to be faithful here. But I've got to go to the uttermost all at the same time. And the only way I can do that is to give. 
Let's go to Philippians chapter 4. This is my water, right? Okay. Excuse me. Philippians chapter 4. Let's start reading verse 15. Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica ye sent once and again unto my necessity, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. But I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. Now we love verse 19. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now we love verse 19. But how many of you see how verse 19 is connected to the verses preceding it? Paul is telling the Philippians that God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. How is he going to do that? He said, because you gave to the furtherance of the gospel. You see, the second reason I give, number one, I want to have evidence of the Holy Spirit working in my life. Number two, there is a biblical precedent to churches giving to the furtherance of missions. By the way, this isn't the only one, but it's the simplest one, and I don't want to keep you late tonight. And so we want to cover this thing, but this was... A biblical precedent, it happened in the Bible. Therefore, we ought to copy it if we want to claim authentic New Testament Christianity being in that line. We need to emulate what they did. Am I in the wrong church? Can't anybody say amen to that? Joey... Calm down. But it's the right thing to do. Paul says, listen, I want you to give, and and there's a lot in the book of Philippians here. Epaphroditus here who brought the gift realized that the gift was not near what the apostle Paul needed. And so he went out and worked himself almost to death trying to supply Paul's need. And finally, he had to stop. The Bible says, Paul said he was nigh unto death. Now, the simple truth of the matter is, no individual can do what needs to be done for missions. It needs to be done through the local church. Collectively, we can do things that are absolutely amazing. And we have. But should we be satisfied with what has been done? No. Because the need has not yet been met. 
Therefore, we need to follow the biblical precedent and understand something. That as we give to missions, God will supply our needs. He's done some pretty miraculous things for our church. I mean, we had a check for $100,000 show up one time. And then we had another one for $150,000 show up. Now, that, I like that kind of stuff. How about you? There was the need. We only had three years to pay the mortgage, the first mortgages. God allowed us to do that and put us into a situation where we could obtain our own regular mortgage for the last payment. Yet God allowed us to take a 20-year loan and pay it off in five years. Now, there's also another passage we could go to, to whom much is given. Much shall be required. Amen? And so we need to follow the biblical precedent. Why did this fellow choose to send us these two rather large offerings adding up to over $15,000? I have no clue in this world. This person's never even attended the service here. Never once. They've never seen the building. They've only heard a few things, but they've just kind of taken us on and have sent some rather meager things and then a little bit more and all of a sudden, boom, we're going to sit there going, wow, where is this coming from? Well, uh, let me tell you something. You give and it shall be given unto you. That's the biblical precedent. If you want God to keep entrusting our church with special things, then we better get busy in our missionary giving. Amen? It's just part of it. And no one, if you want to learn the lesson of Epaphroditus, which could be a whole sermon in itself, no one person can carry the entire burden. It's when we all work together, it keeps any one of us from working ourselves to death. Amen? Now, the last reason, first reason, because of the work of the Holy Spirit of God in my heart, in my life. Because of the pr biblical precedent is number two. Now, number three is because I want to see God do extraordinary things in and with my life and the life of our church. Let me give you some, these are some of the sermons we could preach. What did Moses finally give God? A rod. What did God do with that rod? He humbled the nation of Egypt. He parted the Red Sea. He brought water out of the rock. He won battles. He did all kinds of things with that rod. Now, how many of you remember where Moses got that rod? Moses got that rod keeping sheep. How many of you remember what Egyptians thought about sheep? It was an abomination to the Egyptians. 
When God finally came to Moses, Moses said, I have nothing to give. And God said, what's in your hand? Well, I got this old stick. God said, I'll take that. Did extraordinary things with the shepherd's staff. Amen? How about Hannah and Samuel? Hannah asked. And God took that little boy and did extraordinary things with Samuel. Amen? How about the widow? All she had was a little cruise of oil, a little barrel of meal, a few drops of oil, and a handful of flour. But she gave that old, crusty Baptist preacher his meal first. I I just love that. Who else but a Baptist could say, give me part of your last meal first? Uh, Nobody else would do that. But that was the order that God set it up in. That is what faith is, is it not? It's taking what you have and giving it to God and asking God to do what only he can do. How about the little boy's lunch? When they had those 5,000 men besides women and children that needed to be fed. Have you ever wondered what ran through the mind of that little boy as he gave his lunch to those big burly fishermen? Maybe I'd better give this up. These guys might take it anyway, right? I don't know if that went through his mind or not. But I'll tell you, this had to have gone through his mind. If Jesus wants it, I'll do without. Don't you believe that? And all of a sudden, there's 12 baskets sitting there. Heard a preacher preach a sermon one time on what happened to the 12 baskets. He thinks that they followed the little boy home. Now, I I think that's pretty interesting. There's no biblical answer. We don't know what happened. But just imagine being the little boy's mother. Hey, hey, mom, I I got something to, to, to show you out here. What is it, son? Don't bother me. Did you enjoy Jesus preaching? Oh, it was just wonderful. But mom, you don't understand. And all of a sudden, the baskets start filling the house. What are we supposed to do with all this? But mom, this is my lunch. It's what's left over after Jesus got it. I just love that thought. But that's what Jesus does in our lives. When we finally get our eyes off ourselves and trying to take care of ourselves and serve him, we give because the Holy Spirit works in our lives. We give because the Bible tells us we ought to. But some of the greatest examples, I think about the life of Peter. What did Peter have to give the Lord? A big mouth? A quick temper and a slow mind. I mean, that's what I see. That's not a good combination now. Does anybody see anything different out of Peter than those things? I mean, he was always saying something. 
He never quite got it right until after he had given himself to the Lord. That temper almost got him into a lot of trouble now, didn't it? And I'll bet you he wept till the day he died every time he thought about denying his Lord. It was his temper that got in the way, his pride. You know, Paul was another one of those guys that, just like Moses, I mean, you can see the picture that is there. And, and I could take time to preach a whole sermon, but I'm not going to. But, you know, everybody knew Moses was a special man. His parents knew he was special. He had to be special for Pharaoh's daughter to go into Pharaoh and say, here's one of the children that you want killed, but I want him kept alive. You ever thought about that? What about Paul? I mean, Paul was trained to defeat a Gamaliel. He had most of the Old Testament memorized while he was still a teenager. He had studied not only the Word of God, but the biggest commentaries in the history of mankind on the Word of God and the traditions and all of the things that were there. If there was anything about Judaism that was in existence, Paul knew it and lived it. But he had to get blinded on the Damascus Road before he could see. Spent the next probably eight to ten years in relative obscurity learning that he was a nobody. When he finally got to Antioch and was accepted as one of the preachers in the church, he was the last one on the list. When he went out on his first missionary journey, it was Barnabas and Saul. It wasn't Paul and anybody until he went with Silas. I'll tell you what. God did some incredible things with those lives now, didn't he? God wants to do miracles today. But he doesn't do them until we put ourselves in a place. That he can. When I was in Canada, it was very difficult. I, I like to tell, not really jokes, but funny little quips and things during the sermon. I, I like to do that. It was kind of hard trying to make sure that it would come across in, in French the same way it does in English. Sometimes it doesn't work. And... Uh, that one that always gets a little bit of a laugh about don't give anybody a piece of your mind because you don't have anything to spare, uh, that just didn't go very far in French. Uh, they just didn't quite get that. And, and there was nothing I could do. I just dug myself in a hole and had to fill it in. I mean, it was just, okay, let's move on. But one thing they did get. You know why God does not do many miracles today? Two things, Visa and MasterCard. If you can charge your way out of it, why would God stoop to spend any time to get anything done? You know it? We've got to rely on the Lord. Now, it's not a sin to use a credit card. But... When you're in trouble, 
Why don't you pray first? Amen? I mean, I had a preacher one time, we were rebuilding our bus motor. And uh, it was a lot more money than I ever thought it would be. By the time we were said and done, it was over $5,000 to rebuild this motor. And that was just parts. Now, it wasn't what you have in your car. The block was this long and weighed 2,500 pounds with no accessories. I mean, it was a big diesel motor. And uh, I just, I was at a point and I said, Lord... We've only, Brother Thompson's only going to let me use the bus garage so long. I've got to get the parts and I've got to get this thing together. And I prayed and struggled. And I said, well, Lord, which is the bigger bill? Which is the bigger miracle? Uh, giving me money to buy the parts or paying off the bill before the interest comes due. So, Lord, I'm just going to trust you for the bill. <laughs> and you know what? He paid it off. It's not the sin to use the card it's the sin to trust the card do we see the difference if you want God to do extraordinary things in your life let it be because of your missions giving God will do it I promise you he wants the gospel to go into the world But let the Holy Spirit do the work first. I've met some people that they just get so emotionally charged for the little hungry children living on the streets that they, they go home and write a check for everything they have and, they do it, and then they wonder why they get in trouble. That's not how the Holy Spirit works. He works regularly and consistently. The hardest thing in the world. I don't know about you, but the battle I fight is daily serving the Lord. Does anybody else fight that battle? That's the big one. Pray. Let the Holy Spirit do the work daily, weekly, paycheck by paycheck. It's a biblical precedent. You cannot go wrong by obeying the Bible. Amen? Put yourself in a place where God can do Miraculous things, and he gets credit for it. Tell you what, that's exciting. Now, I haven't preached a deep exegesis of Scripture here tonight. What I have done is given you what the Bible says and tried to share with you some of the blessings for being obedient to it. By the way, you can't get much deeper exegetically than that without getting in trouble. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this night. And Lord, I just ask that you would challenge, truly challenge the hearts and the souls of each one here tonight. Lord, that... This would be the beginning if we'd like to follow a theme that was set during our anniversary meeting of a missions revival in our church. 
Lord, I can't think of a better revival or something that we could enjoy more than just seeing extraordinary things done through the missions giving of this church. We ask that you would work, that you would infect each one of us here with the work of the Holy Spirit, the understanding and obedience to your word, and Lord, that you would put within us a desire to see you do extraordinary things with our simple lives. Lord, what more could we ask? We ask that you would do this. And Lord, for those that couldn't be here tonight, we ask that that desire and those blessings would infect others, cause them to want what we have. Lord, I ask that you'd work in our hearts, that you may be glorified through our fulfillment of the Great Commission. It's in Jesus' name we pray, and before say amen. Light.